Hello and welcome to the Best Boys Podcast. I'm Best Boy Dan. And I'm Best Boy Justin. And we are here to reflect upon our lovely time at Anime NYC 2022. Uh, now with less COVID. Much less COVID. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's... At that least is... 50% less COVID, if, if, I would say. It so if, far has not turned into a super spreader event. If you're not going to listen to the rest of the episode, just know that none of us got COVID this time. But uh, also listen to the rest of the episode. Yeah, um, but of course we're going to hit you with a little banter, and mm-hmm. uh, we have a little bit of news, some of which we actually got to experience live. Yeah. Um, so up first, I want to reflect on my Thanksgiving a little bit. Okay. Uh, in general, very lovely time uh, with Best Person Cat. Um, but uh, I had like a little like family drama uh, that I thought was kind of pertinent to our listeners. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not going to get into all the details of it, but essentially like kind of out of the blue my father turned mega boomer and like essentially made fun of me for liking playing Pokemon games Mm. uh, and like went out of his way to like intentionally make fun of me for it. And I I thought this was kind of just a good opportunity to talk a little bit about bullying and how to deal with bullies (laughs) because it uh, obviously affected my day, but thinking back on it, like, this is something that I have experienced my whole life for this. Uh, you know, I remember hiding, you know, being into anime as a kid and, and all that sort of stuff. And I, I think the big difference between back then and now is that I'm secure in what I like. Mm-hmm. Like, I like it. And if if you can't get on board with that, like, fuck you. <laughs> that's, that's the end of the story, right? Yeah, like, exactly. I don't really it's it's your problem past that point mm-hmm. um i i don't need to apologize for what i like least of all to my father on thanksgiving but yeah. uh, I, I thought it was important to talk about because like it is something when you like things that are maybe not you know the most culturally you know normative um especially like anime has has definitely been on the fringes it's way more accepted than it ever has been but like yeah I remember when, like, you were just a super nerd for even liking it, and now we have a podcast about it. Yeah. Um, and we went to a convention with, like, tens of thousands of other people yeah. who were all into it. So it, it, this is all to say that, like, listen, this shit's still going to get to you. Like, it still gets to me, you know, as, as a full-grown adult. Uh, but... What I have come to learn is bullies want it to be, you know, offensive and hurt you and all that stuff. And for you to, you know, question what you like, but be confident in loving what you love unabashedly. Because for as many people who are going to shit on it, there's going to be 10 other people that you'll find out there. They may be hard to find. Yeah. But, like, you know, I have a close group of friends now that I can relate to about things like anime and the nerdy things that I'm into like I never was before. So, fuck the haters is basically all I'm getting at. Fight them. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I think you raise a great point. Um, You know, I didn't have quite the same experience as you did. I kind of, I was into anime as a a much younger child and then I, like, quote unquote, grew out of it. 
Um, and I didn't pick it back up until I was an older, older adult, probably around like 24, 25. Uh, and I remember thinking to myself, because, uh, you know, I was considering, you know, I had seen some anime on Hulu or whatever. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, I was like yeah, I used to like this. Like, why did I stop watching it? And, like, the answer was, like, I grew out of it. But then I was like, why does that matter? Like, what, you can be, you can like things at whatever age you are if you like it, you know? Yeah. Um, that's kind of how I ended up getting back into anime and just, like... Um, you know, going to conventions and seeing, you know, so many other people your age who are into the same stuff that you are. Because, um, like, you know, spoiler alert, it's not just a bunch of teenagers at Anime NYC. Yeah. <laughs> we saw people older than we were. Like, we saw people who were, like, at least 70 years old in oh, some yeah. cases, you know? Like, this is not, um, you know, you don't have to gatekeep yourself on the things that you like. And if anyone ever tries to stop you, break their fucking knees. <laughs> you have that. That is a legally actionable threat from myself, best boy Justin, um, that you can you can take to the judge and you'll be fine. Yeah. So, you know, like what you like, there's always going to be haters. And, and that's like a sad, unfortunate part of this world. But yeah. the only thing we can deal with is how we handle them. Yeah. And, and it sounds like a platitude. Um but, you know, someday you'll see. <laughs> Nobody is allowed to bully you for the things yeah. you like unless the thing you like is Usagi Drop. And then I will bully you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and then we will both bully Spe- Specifically the the manga after the story ends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if, if you want a season two of Usagi Drop, I bully you. Yes, that's fair. Uh, 100%. Anyway, speaking of things that I... Bull- no, that doesn't that transition doesn't this work. This feels like the opposite <laughs> of that. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about Helpful Fox Senko-san um, because I finally finished reading the manga. It just ended. Um, and it had an interesting ending. It, it kind of took a path that I didn't expect it to. Um, but it was a really, really interesting story that I really enjoyed. And it, it kind of talks a lot about... You know, this is piggybacking off of what you were just talking about. Um, it has a message that, that really reinforces the way we treat ourselves, you know, um, the ways in which we deny ourselves things that we, that we like, um, and you know, the, how it's okay to be selfish with yourself about the things that you enjoy. Um, and I just thought it, it, you know, it was worth mentioning, um, Worth bringing up, you know, it's kind of the the end of the manga is like a big moment for people who are into that kind of thing, um, and also just as a, you know, if you're if you're looking to pick up an interesting fluffy story that has some like context to it, um, this is one to keep an eye out for. And there is an anime, but tis the season for cozy exactly, and this is a good one for that. Um, there is an anime for it. It does not complete the whole story. I don't know if they're ever planning on making another season of it. Um, there's absolutely plenty of content if they wanted to. But. Who knows anymore? They're making a, another season of uh, In Another World with my smartphone. Yeah, exactly. And the, the good part about the show for Helpful Fox Senko-san is that where it leaves off in the anime, it feels like a concrete ending. So, like, if you wanted to watch it and then not have to worry about picking up the manga if you didn't want to read the manga, you're still it's still okay. Like, it, it will feel like a satisfying conclusion where it leaves off in the show. Yeah, that's one that's definitely on my watch list. Yeah, it's really cool. 
Um, and then the other thing I wanted to talk about was I watched, um, you know, we, we mentioned during our spring anime, spring anime, Jesus, I'm living in the past, <laughs> uh, fall anime 2022, what to watch guide, um, that there was going to be an OVA episode, the final out of the three OVA episodes for Tony Kawa, uh, before they start the new season, um, it would be coming out and it has come out and I have watched it. Um, for those of you who don't remember, it's called Seifuku, which means, uh, uniform, uh, sailor uniform specifically. Um, and wow, it was really good. I, you know, I, I read the manga, so I was familiar with the story. It, it, it's adapting one of the bonus chapters from one of the volumes. Um, it is, I will, I will say this, it is a little bit more etchy than the show typically is. Um, that's not to say that it's bad or like out of bounds, but like there is, there is a little bit more skinship going on in this episode than you typically get out of an episode of well, Tony it's Kawa. An, it's an OVA, too. Yeah, but it was very cute. It was very, there were moments that I just, you know, was laughing out loud. It was very funny. Um, so if you're following this show, uh, it is out. It's on Crunchyroll. You can find it uh, just listed under the same listing for Tony Kawa. Um, so go check it out. It's really cool. Um, and with that being said, I think this is probably a pretty good place for us to check in with Studio WEB for some anime news! That's right, Best Buds. We got all the anime news you could possibly stuff into poultry. Oh my. <laughs> all of it. The most you could. The most. The most. Oh, possible. okay. All right. Uh, up first, uh, the official Twitter account of Sakaomi uh, Yazaki's She Loves to Cook and She Loves to Eat, my new favorite manga, uh, announced on Tuesday that it has launched a charity shop in support of marriage equality in Japan. The store will sell merchandise with original art. It will donate the proceeds to Marriage for All Japan, an organization that advocates same-sex marriage. The manga's story follows two women, Yuki Nomoto, the girl who loves to cook, and Totoko uh, Kasuga, the girl who loves to eat. Manga creator Sakaomi Yazuka's statement uh, was as follows. Uh, I have always found it mystifying that in this country where so many girls love and boys love works about homosexual relationships still does not legally recognize same-sex marriage. For all the freedom we receive to depict sexual minorities in fiction, their rights are restricted in reality. I want people who enjoy this story to be aware of that situation. As some who, one who draws uh, homosexual love, I propose this She Loves to Cook and She Loves to Eat charity project out of my desire to help somehow you can love who you want and be who you want uh, i want this society to be a place where anyone can choose the future they want will you step towards this reality with me Yazuka also drew <laughs> you have said it three different ways three different times in this story <laughs> yakitori uh yuzaki uh, also drew illustrations of the manga's creators with pride uh, characters with pride flags for the shop's website. The illustrations include uh, Nomoto and Kasuga with the lesbian flag, Yako with the asexual and lesbian flags, and Naguma with the questioning flag. Um, th I love everything about this. Yeah, um, absolutely. Especially the manga. Everyone should pick it up. Yeah, and I think this is really important too because there there is historically and currently there's a lot of criticism of authors who do uh, yuri and yaoi stories 
Um, because, uh, you know, one thing to consider is that these stories are a generally aimed at straight people, yes. not not gay people S- specifically. Um, and the the artists themselves are by. often yeah straight people as well. And you know, it draws a lot of criticism about people basically appropriating gay culture and profiting off of it without doing anything to benefit um, the the people who actually struggle with their with this identity. Uh, legally and you know socially, um, so I think this is really good. This is a, this is an example of of an artist doing the right thing. I don't know whether or not this the mangaka is how they identify, um, but either way, I think it's a good thing, and I think I would like to see more stuff like this. Yeah, uh, it's just a really great story too. Yeah, absolutely, and, and you know I. I encourage people to go out there. I think it said it was an online shop. So mm-hmm. uh, if you're interested, they have some some interesting wares on there. And so. the illustrations are adorable. Yes, yes, they really are. So uh, everyone, check it out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so next up, you know, we don't we don't really do this too often on the show, um, but these were two really big names um, who passed away recently that we wanted to kind of just draw attention to, do a little in memoriam uh, for them. Um, you know, uh, just to formally announce their passing. Um, and the first one up uh, is uh, Power Rangers star Jason David Frank, um, unfortunately passed away at the age of 49. Um, Entertainment News Source Deadline reported that their sources indicate that Frank died by suicide. Uh, Frank is best known for his portrayal of the Green and White Rangers in Power Rangers. He was also a mixed martial artist, having participated in comp- uh, competitions from 2009 to 2010. Um, yeah, this one this one really hit kind of hard, you know. This was uh this was a uh, uh, someone that I regularly saw in my childhood, you know. Yeah. Obviously watching Power Rangers growing up and all that. Yeah, I, Power Rangers is just like such a, a huge part of like our generation's like childhood. Yeah. Um and to see someone go that way is always sad, so. Yeah. Um, our you know thoughts go out to you know everyone who is affected by this. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, uh, yeah. Also, uh, we had the sad news that voice actress uh, Stephanie uh, Shea confirmed on Twitter on Tuesday that voice actor William Frederick Knight had passed away. Uh, according to an obituary listing, he passed on November eighth and was eighty eight years old. Knight was born on December sixth, nineteen thirty three. Uh, he was known for voicing older men in anime. He is most well known for his role as Daisuke uh, Aramaki in the Ghost in the Shell franchise, a role he most recently apprised for the second Ghost in the Shell SAC 2045 anime that launched in Netflix in May. His other roles include Donzo uh, in Naruto Shippuden, uh, Gordon Rosewater in The Big O, uh, Kuzumi in Eureka 7, Dr. Oh my god. Galu Bao, I guess. (laughs) You thought I was bad at Japanese. Just watch me do German. (laughs) In El Hazard, uh, Kagome's grandpa in Yashahime, Princess Half Demon, uh, and Kenzuo in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Stone Ocean. Yeah. This one, um, this one jumped off the screen for me because, like, he voiced, if you, like, what I think of conceptually, of an old man voice in anime in an English dub. For sure. It's his voice, yeah. you know? Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, he he lived to be, to the ripe old age of 88. 
Um, but you know, our condolences go out yeah. uh, to mark his loss. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think that about covers it. Um, we are going to move into the another section of our news uh, portfolio today with some announcements <laughs> from Anime NYC news portfolio. I like it. Yeah. Um, so we we had a number of announcements at Anime NYC. Hey, we were there. Um, we were there. Um, so we wanted to cover some of them that that kind of uh, we would normally do like a releases and updates section here, but since we we had the opportunity to, to be there for these announcements. Uh, we figured we'd specifically call out those that were made at Anime NYC. Uh, and the first one that we're going to talk about is actually High Dive, which is we've been following their progression pretty closely. Um, and they revealed at their panel at Anime NYC that it will simulcast the following five anime as part of the winter 2023 season. Um, and those anime are Spy Classroom, Kubo Won't Let Me Be Invisible, my life as Inu Kaisan's dog. Nope. I told you they were gonna get <laughs> nope. it. I told you. I nope. told you. I told you. Um, <laughs> Still no. Endo and Kobayashi Live, the latest on Sundere villainous Lias Lee. Oh God, my French. Lee Solette um, and Sudrene, the linking shot. Um, High Dive also confirmed that it will stream the Dangers in My Heart anime and the Oshinoko anime. More on that one in a minute. Uh, in 2023. And lastly, High Dive announced that it will release the Sudone, the movie, the first shot uh, anime in theaters in 2023. The film opened in Japan on August 19th. Um, now, there are some titles in here that I am excited for. Um, I know which one. You, yeah, you, my life is Ido Kaisan's dog. Yeah, you sick. Um, <laughs> no, Kubo Won't Let Me Be Invisible is a very cute manga that I've been reading. Um, it follows the story of basically there's this kid whose like presence is so minimal that people forget he's there or often like just like act like they can't see him. Um, so like he's often like counted as being absent in school when he's sitting at his desk because just the teacher just doesn't notice him. <laughs> um, but there's one girl that can always find him and that's Kubo, um, who refuses to let him just kind of like be a background character. Um, and it's really cute. That sounds sweet. Yeah, it's kind of uh, it's kind of similar to, oh gosh, was that one that we had last season that everybody hated because they're wrong? Oh, um, um, it's on the tip of my tongue. My girlfriend's not just cool. Is, is the, the, the oh yeah 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 um, yeah. yeah. Editor Best Boy Dan here. You're looking for Shikimori's Not Just a Cutie. Anyway, um, so yeah, that's coming out. Um, the Dangers in My Heart, that's the one we were talking about earlier, Dan, uh, about the kid who thinks he's like an edgelord and like he doesn't, like he's like all, oh, none of these people in my class understand me. Um, but then there's the girl who, like who's like the outgoing, she's a model, her name is uh, Ana Yamada. Um, and she takes an interest in him, and like they become friends, and maybe something more. Oh. We'll find out. Um, it's a it's a really cool uh, manga. So this is I'm really excited for this slate uh, of anime that are coming out. But I actually wanted to touch very briefly before Dan gives us the Crunchyroll news um, on one of the titles that we talked about, Oshi no Ko. Uh, and the reason I wanted to talk about this one is because I, it keeps popping up for me as my re uh, recommended to read. Um, in Manga Plus, and I've just always been passing it over because it's, I've, as we've discussed on the pod before, uh, idle anime and idle manga is like our blind spot. We don't watch it. We don't enjoy it. We don't consume it. 
Um, and I just basically saw that that was what it was, and I was like, not interested. Passed it over. Um, but when I saw the announcement for this one, and I actually read the synopsis for it, um, I was very surprised at what this one is. So I'm just going to go ahead. Um, they announced at their panel that they acquired this uh, anime of Aka Akasaka and Mengo Yoko Yari's Oshinoko manga. The manga's story begins with Goro, a doctor who coincidentally handles the childbirth of his favorite idol, Ai Hoshino, who took a hiatus from the entertainment industry to give birth to her twin babies. However, just before Ai gives birth, Goro dies from an accident, but is reborn as one of Ai's children, Aquamarine Hoshino, with his memories fully intact. So yes, that's right. This is an isekai idol manga, where the main character is isekai back into his same world as the child of, <laughs> of the idol. Okay. This is one I've never seen before. This is a brand new concept to me. Yes. Uh, I also, I think you should check out the one with the zombie idols. Yes, I have been meaning to check that one out. Um, but yeah, Rie Takahashi, who is, if you're not familiar with her, you should get familiar with her because she voices everyone you know. Um <laughs> It will, everyone. Everyone. Listen, if you have a favorite anime, there is, I would say, an 80 to 90% chance that she voices someone in that yep. anime. Um, but she is going to play I. Um, Daisuke Hiromaki from Selection Project and Chao Nekotomi from Love is Like a Cocktail are directing the series over at Doga Kobo. Um, Jin Tanaka from The Misfit of Demon King Academy is handling series composition, with Kana Hirayama from Rent a Girlfriend designing the characters. The anime will debut in 2023 with an extended 90-minute first episode. Ooh, yeah. I like a long episode. So I think I'm going to watch this one. Because, yeah. like, uh, I, you know, like, as we talked about, idol anime is a, is a dead spot for us. But, like, I've never read a synopsis like that before. Yeah, That's, let's get our glow sticks. We are going to get our idol we're gonna, anime We're going to practice our little glow stick dance. It'll be great. <laughs> um but yeah, so that's it for the high dive news. Dan, why don't you give us the Crunchyroll news? Yeah, so Crunchyroll announced at its panel on at Anime NYC uh, that it has licensed Hell's Paradise, the ancient Megas Bride season two. What what? Uh, Yuri is my job. Um, I know nothing else about that other than the title, and I'm into it. I do know a little bit about it. I'll tell you about it once you're done. Yeah, uh, the Ice Guy and his cool female colleague, uh, Dead Mount Death Play, Ayaka, a story of bonds and wounds. And saving 80,000 gold in another world for my retirement, which that one just stresses me out. Yeah. Uh, and they had uh, streaming trailers for all of these animes, too. Yeah. So we're not going to give a synopsis for every single one of these shows, just because if you want to see the trailers, they are up on Crunchyroll's YouTube. Um, but I did want to shout out a couple of these. Um, number one, Ancient Magus Bride Season 2. Can't what? wait for it. Um, Yuri is My Job has a kind of funny... Um, synopsis wherein the main character is works at like a yuri cafe and the person that she works with that she has to like get along with really well at the cafe is somebody that she actually really hates uh, so like that's why it's like yuri is my job like it's just my job uh, you know that um, actually sounds great the other one is uh the ice guy and his cool female colleague uh, is a cute, fun little uh, rom-com, workplace rom-com with adult characters. So I know you're looking, always looking for those, Dan. Hey. Um, and the concept is that the main male lead, um, he is actually a descendant from the Yuki Ona, which, if you're not familiar, is a Japanese folktale folklore uh, of 
a race that basically can control the the winter weather, so they like control snow and stuff. Oh, like uh, what's her face in Yu Yu Hakusho? Exactly, yeah. Yukina, um, yeah. <laughs> um, and basically, that means that whenever he gets emotionally excited, or like whenever he's experiencing intense emotions, things like snowstorms and blizzards and like hailstorms happen around him. Um, and then he, uh, his, the female lead is like, um, she's like the, the cool beauty type, right? So like, she's like what Comey is supposed to be, sort right. of. Um, and they have a really interesting and fun relationship that I really enjoy. Um, so I think that's going to be a big one for rom-com fans, uh, whenever this one comes out. Nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm going to take us into our final news story for the day, uh, before we kind of dive on into... Uh, what actually went on at Anime NYC. Uh, and that is that the Japan Times has reported that NHK has asked Netflix to suspend distribution of all of its 22 titles after Netflix's launch of its new advertisement-supported subscription tier. Um, Netflix removed advertisements for NHK programming on Wednesday and continues to stream the titles. Um, according to the Japan Times, Netflix made a statement saying that NHK had previously agreed to ad-supported streaming NHK complained that the ad-supported service was not what it had assumed it would be, and that Netflix did not explain the service to NHK until just before the service launched. Um, NHK's policies under its internet-related service standards forbid licensors of its content to distribute said content if there is a possibility of creating a misconception that it is recommending or advertising a certain product or service. Um, Netflix stated that it is continuing its discussions with the network, um, the new advertisement-supported model, Basic with Ads subscription tier, was launched on November 3rd in the United States. Uh, the UK, Canada, Japan, Korea, Mexico, Brazil, Span Spain, France, Germany, Italy, and Australia. Um, Netflix previously stated that a limited number of its content would not be available in this tier due to licensing issues, which it said it was working on. Um, the new subscription tier has four to five minutes of advertisements per hour uh, and a maximum of 720p resolution for content with no downloading of content for later viewing. The ads play before and during content in 15 or 30 second lengths. Uh, advertisers can target their ads by country and genre. Um, this is interesting. You'd think this would be something that with Netflix being as large of a company as it is with, I'm sure, an army of compliance lawyers and whatnot, um, something they would have ironed out before the service rolled out. Um, yeah. So this is a very high-profile um, kind of break uh, for for Netflix and NHK to have. Uh, it's nice for viewers, at least. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, listen... Um, I don't feel too bad for anyone <laughs> in this situation. Yeah. Um, yeah, me neither. I just, I, you know, I thought it was a really interesting kind of look into how, like, we always think that these companies are so buttoned up and they have, you know, all their yeah. I's dotted and T's crossed and whatnot, but, like... You know, even a company like Netflix can drop the ball on something as huge as this, you know? Yeah, and they're not going to risk upbreak, like upsetting weebs over losing, like, Death Note or yeah. whatever NHK has. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, this is something to keep an eye on, especially as, you know, more and more... And it's interesting, too, that we're seeing a lot of companies get rid of their ad-supported tier... Um, because previously it was always accepted that like if you had it with ads, it was free, right? Because they're making money off the ads, so why shouldn't it be free? But then we see Crunchyroll um, removing its ad free ad supported tier, um, and I would not be very surprised to see in the future it come back in a certain iteration where they will raise the price of the premium tier 
uh, which is what we currently use today, um, and then introduce a lower-priced ad-supported tier. Well, so that's the really fun economic lesson that Elon Musk is learning right now, yeah. which is that is as good as subscription-based models are, advertising models are just way more effective for bringing income in. It's like an 80-20% split in yeah. terms of like what you are able to like get out of a market. Absolutely. Yeah, so um, you know, you keep an eye on this. This is, I believe, a harbinger of things to come. Um, for other streaming services as well, although you know the ad-supported tiers have existed before, uh, Hulu has an ad uh, an ad-supported tier, um, and a couple other companies do as well. But I think with Netflix being the juggernaut that it is in the yeah. streaming industry, um, this is going to be a sign of things to come for other uh, services as well. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be. Don't give Sony any ideas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that about does it for our anime news for today. Uh, let us know what you think, Best Buds. Are you going to buy into Netflix's ad-supported tiers? Um, are you excited for any of the new anime coming at us from High Dive, Crunchyroll? Um, are you going to go you know, check out the online store for She Loves to Cook, She Loves to Eat? Hit us up on Instagram at bestboys underscore pod, or you can send us an email at thebestboyspod at gmail.com. Do not bother trying to find us on the Hell site. I do not check it anymore. <laughs> um, but with that being said, I think that's an excellent time for us to move on to the meat and potatoes of this week's episode. Do you have anything for meat and potatoes? <coughs> mm, I don't know. I did. I did it last time. What do you got for me and potatoes? What? Why do I? I always gotta be. I. I did the whole editing for. Uh huh. Say meat and potatoes, Dan. Meat and potatoes. I can always just do the electronic voice. Meat and potatoes. Oh, I, don't want <laughs> I don't want that. <laughs> I love the electronic voice. The electronic voice is terrifying. Meat and potatoes. Well, all right then, best buds. It's time for us to talk about the... Uh, no, I don't like that one. We're doing it again. All right, best buds. It's time for us to talk about it. The long-awaited Anime NYC 2022. We are going to be doing it just kind of banter style. We got it separated out into a couple of different broad topics that we're going to break down uh, and just talk about, relate our experiences, um, and tell you exactly how it went down. If you want some more, like, uh, like in-the-moment content about Anime NYC, you can check out our Instagram page. I archived all of our... Um, live stories from the days of the uh, of the convention and also there's a bunch of posts on there as well um again that's at best boys underscore pod on instagram so check those out if you want to see like videos and stuff like that you can see our beautiful faces for exactly mask covered mostly uh more on <laughs> that better later. for you yeah you don't want to see us but yeah so first off let's talk about uh getting tickets and panel reservations now um as, a, as I'm sure a lot of you know... Interesting system. Yeah, so as I'm sure a lot of you know, Anime NYC massively restricted their attendance this year uh, after what happened last year with the breakout of the Omicron variant of COVID-19. Um, so it was much harder to, for people to get tickets. One, one thing you saw this year that you didn't see in years past was people who were walking around with badges for all three days on their, on their lanyards yeah. because... 
they couldn't get a three-day pass. Yeah, they sold out real quick. They sold out, I believe, the day of. Yeah. Um, the only reason we got, because the, the way we did it, we, we, we got press passes to go. Um, but what we do is we do buy three, we do buy passes ahead of time just in case if for whatever reason we don't get in on the press list um, because we don't want to miss it. Um, and we only got tickets because uh, Best Boy Mike was luckily... I didn't get them. We were only going to go Saturday. Yeah, actually. you didn't. The only reason I ended up getting a three-day ticket was because Best Boy Mike was babysitting the ticket lottery while I was at work, and he figured I would need one and bought one for me. Yeah. Um, but they sold out the day of. You guys were only able to get Saturday passes. Um, a lot of people weren't even able to get Saturday passes because Saturday passes also sold out fairly quick. Um and that meant that, uh, you know, we were kind of just left to Friday and Sunday. And a lot of people just were not interested in that because those didn't sell out until, gosh, I think a day or two before the con. Um, so it's clear that this solution, while effective, it definitely did not feel as cramped as it had before in previous years. Yeah. Um, is not a long-term solution because people obviously want to be there a, all three days, and failing that on Saturday, which is the biggest day. Yeah. Um, I mean, really, they need to release more, like, three-day tickets. Yeah, and we're going to talk a little bit more, because we have in our wrap-up section, we actually have heard from uh, the people who organize Anime NYC about what their future plans are for the con. Um, but for now, we're just going to stick to what we experienced this year. Um, and the other thing we wanted to talk about are along these lines are panel reservations. Panel reservations this year were uh, complicated, to, to put it mildly. So what they tried to do was um, they had set it up basically on a reservation system. You had, for each ticket holder, could reserve a certain amount of panels, um, and the panels reservations would open you know, on a certain day, and you just had to go in and try to get your reservation before it filled up, right? That proved to not work. The site crashed immediately. Um, and what they said, you know, when they released their statement on it was that, you know, they decided to cancel that because uh, all of their panel reservations would have been sold, would have been completely sold out within 10 minutes uh, via that system. So basically, if you were not babysitting the, the, the reservation link and just going through and clicking as fast as you could, you weren't getting into a panel. Yeah, and you were um, only getting one at a t like for the con. Yeah, exactly. Um, so then they, they released a new system that they were going to use instead. And this system, while arguably better than that one, still kind of left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. And that is uh, random lotteries. Now, it, while it is probably the fairest way to do it... Um, it doesn't always work out, and we're going to explain how it, the ways in which it didn't work out for us. Um, basically, the, the way it was is you could apply for an unlimited amount of the reservation-only panels, which, to be clear, not every panel at Anime NYC requires a reservation, but all of the biggest, most important, you know, high, biggest all the ones, name ones did. like, specifically want to go to. Exactly. The kind of stuff you're used to going to Anime NYC for. Um so basically what you could do is you could apply for as many as you wanted and you would be selected through random lottery basically now the way that ended up working in practice was that we en ended up only getting access to about four panels plus a wait list right so but the problem with that was 
two of the panels, as well as the one of the events that we were participating in for the uh, Guinness Book of World Record, all took place at the same time. Yeah. So, just like basically, half of our panels right there. Just completely wiped out. Now, um, I think a better way for them to handle this might have been, instead of doing a random lottery, if you're going to do a random lottery, it has to take time slots into account. Um, it has to be so that you don't you you're not getting only maybe like panels at the same, exactly stagger them or or do something that way if you don't get like the first eleven o'clock like you can try for the second eleven o'clock. exactly yeah so like it, it, they they have to figure out a way to fix that because we did miss out on quite a few panels that we wanted to go to and like if we missed out just because the random lottery just didn't select us you know you can just say well you know it, you know it's random it was as fair as it can be. But, like, when you miss out on it because the only ones that you won were all in the same time slot, that just feels awful, you know? Um, So, that's kind of how the panel reservations worked. Uh, It was definitely not... Does it it beat waiting online? Yeah, because last year what what I had to do to get into the panels was basically line up 45 minutes to an hour before the panel started and just sit there online. And that sucks. Um, Yeah, that's also just conventions like to me that's like kind of the nostalgia of conventions it is but it still sucks yeah um but you know so in a way it is definitely better to do it this way but they have to tweak it there there's got to be some some new some better system that they can use um to do this than than just just a pure random lottery with no other you know things yeah taken into account what did you what are you what are your thoughts on that one dan yeah, it's it's tricky because I've seen them do all different sorts of ways. Like, I remember, uh, like, New York Comic Con when there would be, like, giant lines down in the basement, like, yeah. for the big panels, and you would line up, like, first thing in the morning before the convention even opened. Um, I mean, the lottery is one way to do it. Uh, what's interesting is we ended up waiting in a line anyway like how early did we go to the like panel of the like new shows um we we went like 15 minutes early but that was more just to uh to make sure we got a good seat we knew we would get in so like there's a line anyway um it's definitely less of a line which i do appreciate that yeah right like it gives you more time to do the convention you're not like stuck waiting in line all that but there it you know there's always a trade-off. I don't know if there's a perfect answer. Yeah, um, there's definitely no perfect answer, but I think there's probably a better solution out there than this one. Yeah, definitely. I think doing it in, like, rounds or something, that way you're not, like, you know, uh, winning three 11 o'clocks in a row. Like, yeah. you have 11 o'clock round A, B, C, or something like that. Exactly. Now, don't, don't don't let us take away from the fact that, you know, we're, we're, we're starting off with some negatives and... That's just how it's yeah. going to be because we're the way we stack. Well, this, this is also but just like timeline wise what happened. Too. Exactly, that's why because we're going to be at the timeline. And I will say this: we'll talk more about it later. But the panels that we did get into were phenomenal. Yeah. Um. So don't let that take away from anything. But when it comes to management of reservations and ticketing, um, more work needs to be done. They have to have going to have to come up with some new solutions there. But you know, this is an evolving and a growing thing. Um, you know, they're they're kind of trying to. I understand what they're what they're trying to do. They could not risk a repeat of last year with honestly. The, I'm all fine the negative with them press. airing on 
the side of overcaution. Yeah, with with all of the negative press that they got last year for the super spreader event, they could not risk another one like that. And I understand that. And I do commend them for doing everything that they can to to prevent that. And it seems that they were successful in that regard uh, so far. Again, it's only been a week since since it happened, so you know there that, that could change. But for the time being, you know things seem to have gone. Uh, relatively without a hitch um next up entry and line management i you know we ended up (laughs) in the wrong area on the first day to get in yeah Um, there was a little confusion to get into um, the press entrance clearly there was not like a lot of communication going around uh around with between the people who were there like managing the lines but like i also don't blame them for it um but I think in general, it's it was better this year. Like, people weren't outside uh, for, like, you know, however long they were last year in yeah, the freezing, like, raining wind. The weather was definitely not nice that yeah. weekend. Yeah, and, you know, the the, the thing is, it, the, the funny part of it is, uh, I actually, on the Saturday night, I went out to a birthday party of one of my friends, and I was talking with somebody who works nearby the Javits Center, and he was saying, yeah, I saw that line. I would never wait in that line. I told him, I was like, well, the line was long, but once the convention center opened, it was in, completely yeah. in, within, like, 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, you know, it was, like, it was not like last year. Uh, the way they set that up this year, I will absolutely commend them for. Yeah. Having, having separate lines and lots for getting your health check and getting your entry. Yeah. Um, definitely spend the process. There was a process. lot of unused space in the Javits Center, especially in the outdoor area that I thought they could have used for some checks, but I understand why they yeah. did everything off-site. Yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. And I, I think, uh, you know, that's another part of, of, the, sh- of the show that's going to be evolving over time is figuring out how to best manage the lines. Um, and I think this year was an incredible step up from last year. Right. Um, the lines moved so fast. We were, I remember we were kind of, I was kind of worried about, you know, cause we were going with some food friends lines too. Yeah. Food lines too. Um, that's also probably just a function of the fact that there were far less people there this year as yeah. well. Um, but I was, I was kind of worried cause you know, we had some friends and family who we were going to the, uh, to the convention with who did have to wait in the general entry line. And I was worried about like them just kind of having to stand out there for hours and hours and, you know, until we, we could finally meet back up. But, um, no, it was so easy. Like, we got in, and then I think, like, 10, 15 minutes later, my cousin, best boy Mark, texted me and was like, yeah, we're in. And I was like, oh, shit, okay, yeah, <laughs> let's meet up. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that was good. One thing I also wanted to talk about along these lines is masks. Um, because <laughs> masks, again, were required this year. They were? They Theoretically, um, and they one of the things that they said was like we are going to have mask checkers going around, um, you know, making sure everyone's wearing a mask, handing out masks to people that don't have one. And I thought I saw them at first. I did the first day. Yeah, they they were out there, and in I the saw them in the beginning of the first day. <laughs> and after that, they were gone. And masks were might as well have been optional because yeah. I saw staff members walking around without masks yeah. on. So, um, you know, I. I, COVID's over, best boy Justin. Yeah, I, I mean, you heard? this one, you know, for me, I was expecting them to be a little more rigorous with the masks. Um, I wore mine the whole time I was there, um, just because I'm responsible. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that was one thing um, that I think a lot of people were also expecting to see a little bit more rigorous mask um 
enforcement that kind of waned off by the end of the first day. I suspect it won't even be a consideration by the next day. Yeah, I see. Hopefully, it won't have to be. You know, that would be nice, but uh, we'll see. Um, yeah, anything else on this topic you want to... Not particularly. I'm excited to get into yeah, cosplay. Yeah, why don't you take, take, us off, take us off in the next one. So I called it. Power was everywhere. Oh, I absolutely. I expected to see more Denji's. Um, I saw, like, plenty of Chainsaw Man, but, like, yeah. Denji just seems easy. It's like a wig and, like, a, you know, cord to pull yeah. out of your chest and, like... Yeah, I saw a couple Denjis. Uh, my favorite was somebody did a Chainsaw Man where they basically they dressed up as Denji with like the shirt and the tie and the slacks uh, and the sneakers. But then instead of like like actual chainsaws, they had like Xerox printouts of like a an IRL chainsaw <laughs> taped to their forehead and arms. And I was like, that is the best low effort cosplay yes, I've ever seen. That's so good. Um, yeah, a lot of powers. Um, couple Makimas out there. Uh, we saw a ton of Yor from Spy Family. Yes, I was actually surprised at how much Yor. Plenty of Lloyds too. Yeah, I would say Lloyd. Lloyd was probably the number one male. Like no, I things? would I would say the number one male cosplay that I saw was Usui from. Um, Demon Slayer. I saw so many. There was a lot of Usui's. But their Lloyd is definitely up there. Because Lloyd yeah. is a super easy cosplay, too. It's basically yeah. just a suit. You just have to find the right color. I, and I'm sure they sell it online. Yeah. A um, lot of Lloyd's. couple Anya's out there. Um, I saw a really good Bochi the Rock cosplay while I was in line for um, the Trigun panel. And it was... You know, she was wearing the... Um, sweatsuit so the sweatshirt and the sweatpants with the skirt and then on her head she had a cardboard box that said mangoes in japanese on it and i was like that is perfect um we saw a lot of fire force cosplays this year as well yeah i was actually surprised i it was more than i had seen in years previous and it hasn't aired in a minute yeah i'm actually super happy about that i fire force is one of those like a lot of people don't like it for and they have reasons and a lot of them are valid (laughs) but um i really like the show and i am very excited to see it get popular yeah it has phenomenal world building uh i'm not going to go on a rant about it but i was happy to see that um i saw a really really good maki cosplay like muscle girl oh yeah yeah. i was like "Ooh, yeah that's (laughs) step on my toes um no there were a lot of really great i'm just trying to like in my head going through all the awesome cosplays that i saw i I saw a lot of usui's wives as well oh yeah yeah Yeah, from demon slayer that was nice um yeah i would just say there was an overwhelming amount of powers there was yeah (laughs) like everywhere was power which i'm okay with i like power yeah we like power um it'll who do you think it'll be next year oh that's so hard to say um i will say we're gonna pop off we saw a couple mirkos this year from my hero but i think by next year next year year is gonna be the year of mirko i think you're totally right after people who have like caught up on the season Mm -hmm. um yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I actually, I saw, there was one really good Mirko um, with the place where I bought my Kobayashi lamp um, was the cashier. And I, t- I told her, I was like, listen, like, your Mirko is phenomenal. She's like, oh, thank you so much. And I was like, uh, you know, I'm so, I was surprised we didn't see more, but I'm sure we will yeah, see yeah. more next I, year. I think you're dead on. Um, what do you think? I, I Mirko. Also Mirko. Yeah, okay, you right. sold me. I all can't right. imagine anything else now. Yeah. 
Um, uh, though I maybe some more Witch of Mercury. We did see mm. a little bit of that. I saw the very cutest pair of um, Suleta Mercury and Mirrorine uh, walking together arm in arm in Artist Alley. I was like, oh my god, you guys are so fucking yeah. adorable. I can't uh-huh. even handle it. I love that. That's a thing. Yeah, me too. People have now. I think I saw one of uh, her mom as well. Oh, yeah, cool. with, the, with the mask. That's dope. Yeah. Um, a lot of great cosplay. There always is. Um, I saw a really good pair of black cosplayers doing um, Gojo and... Oh, what's his name? The guy with the, the tie. Oh, I can't remember his name now. Uh, from from Jujutsu Kaisen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The overtime Not guy. I mean. Yeah, not I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, I saw the, a pair of them at Anime NYC knocked it out of uh, the park. They there were was, so good. There was some My Dress Up Darling. Oh, yeah, there was a ton of My Dress Up Darling. And what, one thing that we saw that we, we really liked was that not only was it just people dressed up as Maureen in her school uniform, but dressed up as the cosplays that she yeah. does in the show. That was that was one of my favorite parts because I think they, other than maybe the like cat girl, I think I saw just about every one of them represented. Yeah, the cat girl probably for obvious reasons. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's um, November. Oh, speaking of cat girls, though, I saw uh, we saw a couple <laughs> good Comies, and I saw one really good cat girl Comey. Uh, yeah, that, oh, that's so good. Yeah. Uh, oh, couples cosplay. Um, I saw a really good, uh, bunny girl senpai and it was an evolving cosplay yeah. too because I saw them on more than one day. The first day I saw them, she was dressed as a bunny girl and he was dressed in his normal student uniform. And then the second day she was dressed in the student uniform as well. And they were both like in the student uniform. Oh, nice. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. I stopped them. I was like, I was like, I saw you guys yesterday. I know what you're doing and I appreciate it. Oh, that's great. And yeah. Then they were like, stash the money in the back of the car. Yeah. <laughs> go, go, go. He's on to us. Yeah. No, that was, uh, that was really good. Um, obviously there were some Anya or not Anya, um, uh, Lloyd and your couple's cosplays yeah. that were good. Uh, Makima and Denji, I saw one. Uh, yeah, I saw. I think I saw more um, uh, of the My Dress Up Darling couples mm-hmm. uh, than anything else in terms yeah. of couple costumes. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, best person cat uh, also uh, cosplayed, cosplayed too. Yep. Uh, she was Lukua from... Uh, Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. And it was a huge hit. It like was every, a huge hit. Every 10 minutes, someone was stopping her to take a picture. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's right now, it's our most uh, liked uh, post from Instagram from Anime NYC. I think my favorite was there was one little uh, girl who came up to oh, her yeah. who was like so shy. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't her friend like ask for her or something? It was like, can you're like my friend's favorite character yeah. can she take a picture with you yeah it was so cute oh um, my god yeah you love to see that kind of thing too the intergenerational you know appreciation yeah. of the same thing um i would say that maybe they were a little too young for dragon maid but yo did i tell you that happened to me once uh when i was walking home when we lived at our old places no i was wearing my dragon maid shirt i was mm. like walking my dog and there was someone like a third floor window who like yelled out and they were like, Sun Dragon Maid shirt? And it was like a little <laughs> kid. And I was like, Yeah. And I was like, I was like, Do you like Dragon Maid? And then they ran inside and I was like, Good reaction. Don't talk to a strange man on the street. Yes. Also, yes. <laughs> very, very good advice. And then I would realize I was like, Oh, this is an awkward situation. Um, but yeah, like, there's another little kid who liked it. Yeah. Um, again, 
Uh, probably not age appropriate. Yeah, but... <laughs> I would say maybe 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 make that one like a, a sixteen and up kind of deal. Yeah. Um, but if you like it, by yeah. All means. But it it made her day, which was really sweet. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much it for cosplay. Um, yeah. Let's talk about what's important, and that is capitalism. Yes. <laughs> the swag and how we spent our hard earned cash. I saved up for this. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about what you picked up? No, you have your li- you have yours listed out. Why don't you start? All right. So uh, I'm just running through kits. I got five Gundam kits. Oh I got uh, the HG. I these are ones that I've had on my list and have been specifically waiting to pick up at this convention. Mm-hmm. Uh, except for two, which were surprises, but yes. I feel good about them. Um, HG Shenlong, uh, Ariel, and Lifrith, yep. um, two of which we got from the Gundam uh, Expo booth, which we will talk about. That place was awesome. Yeah, probably um, the best expo- uh, exhibitor booth that we saw. Yeah. Uh, if you're a Gundam fan, this was like, you can't really do better than this, which is why I went a little hog wild. Yeah. Um, I also picked up an MG Ball Verkaw kit, which is something that I have wanted for so long mm-hmm. uh and it's in a clear coat which will be interesting and the hg moon which i've only heard amazing things about mm-hmm. um i got a ton of stickers some of my favorite are uh, some power stickers that i got which are really adorable and my sexy luigi sticker mm-hmm. um and uh in terms of manga i found uh, fire punch which is from the creator of Chainsaw Man. It's his work prior to that. Uh, Excellent. Which I've only heard really good things about. Um, so I, I'm excited to check it out. It's, it seems to be pretty messed up. Okay. Yeah. Um, I will also point out that we did kind of fail in our mission. And I, I, you know, we're going to talk a little bit more about that when we talk about Artist Alley and Exhibitors. But we did not find anything that beat your Love Hina clock from last year. Yeah. Yeah, we tried. And we're going to talk about why in a little bit. But... I might as well talk a little bit about my swag that I picked up while we were here. I also went kind of hog wild on Gundams because I was this was I was planning for it. I hadn't bought yeah. anything this year specifically because I was planning to to buy stuff here. So what did I get? I got the HG Ariel and the HG Lefrith, obviously. Um, I got the I got a Zaku uh, a Zaku two in alternate type real quote unquote real type colors. Um, this is something that they're doing in um, Gundam Base, where they're basically reimagining the color schemes of the mobile suits. So, like, if they were, if they existed in real life, what would they look like? Like, how would they paint them? And like, obviously, it's not going to be as flashy as they do in the anime, right? Um, it's going to be kind of more military style. Um, so this one is a is a more subdued kind of hunter green with like caution markings. It looks good. It looks really really cool. Um, I got the uh, entry grade. Um, Granddaddy Gundam, technically twice. So <laughs> the first one I got for free from the Gundam building event, which you also got one. Yeah. And then the second one, which I have something to say about that one. We'll talk about in that section. Um, but then I also got one. It is an Ecopla. Um, and it's actually made out of plastic that is made from eggshells. Yeah. Um, as a kind of sustainability thing. Um, so I'm really excited to put that one together. You can and see how eat it, it when you're done with it. No, you can't. You absolutely no, can't. No, I'm pretty sure you can. No, I wouldn't advise it. I, I'm going to try and eat The mine. law requires that I say no. I'm going to try and eat mine. Um, what else did I get? I got a... Um, 
Uh, oh, I picked one up at Luna Toy Store. I got, uh, shoot, what did I get from them? I'm totally drawing a blank now. Do you remember? It must not have been that important. <laughs> it's like a gym or something. Oh, right. I got the power, uh, I got the uh, gym striker. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. From, from them as well. Um, I was kind of hoping to get more clothes this year. Like, I wanted to get a good sweatshirt. Not a lot in big boy sizes. No, um, not a lot in general. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, do you have any other uh, swag? To yeah, I do yeah. have a little bit more. We, we, we can Before talk about, we food. We can talk about that. that stuff later. Yeah. Um, but then I also got some manga. I got Touring After the Apocalypse, which is a cute little... It's kind of oh, like... Oh, yeah, that looked good. Yeah, it's like I started reading it. I read like the first two chapters. It's kind of like a cuter version of Girls Last Tour. Um, not cuter, but like kind of like less like dark. Um, and then I also got a manga that I didn't realize it at the time. I thought it was like a cute slice of life manga about food and it is, but it's actually a spinoff of fate stay night. Um, so of course I I didn't realize that when I bought it, but like it looks good. So I'm going to read it. Um, and then of course, tons of pins and stickers. I got way too many Galguda stickers. I think I got like four. Oh, this is a good opportunity to talk about uh, the stickerflation. Yeah, um, uh, it's gone down. It has, thankfully. <laughs> yeah, thank God. Uh, um, stickers were like wildly expensive earlier in the year, uh, and they have gone down to a more reasonable price of like three or four dollars. Yeah, absolutely. Five dollars to ten dollars for something real fancy. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, that's good because, Jesus, when we went to FlameCon, stickers yeah. were... And that's, like, local, like, people, too, which yeah. we'll also kind of talk about when we get to Artist Alley. Um, but yeah, any other things you picked up? Yeah, so I got a, um, I got a poster, which is actually here. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's basically a Galguda poster. It's, like, a recreation of the Jaws poster, uh, with her, like, coming up to eat Inu. Um, it's really cute. It says Shark on it. Uh, I got a bunch of pins, of course. Um, and then I also, my favorite thing that I got this uh, this con was a, is an LED glowing uh. lamp of Kobayashi from Dragon Maid drinking a beer. Which is probably, the, other than, like, the Gundams, we got, like, the closest thing to beating a Love Hina clock. Yeah, it is really, really neat. Um, I'm excited for that. Uh, I feel like there's one Gundam kit that I'm missing that I just forgot about <laughs> that I can't remember. But Gund- Gundarium problems. Yeah, right? Seriously. Um, but, yeah, that was basically kind of what the swag looks like. A lot of Gundam kits, obviously. That's what we went in there for. Yeah. Um, and and I think that probably leads into one of the first big points of the next section, which is exhibitors, which is the Gundam World Expo, which, like, yeah. was amazing. Yeah. Um, phenomenal. They knocked it out of the park first stop. Um, do you want to tell them a little bit about what, it is. Yeah, so basically the Gundam World Expo is just kind of an opportunity for them to, uh, to you know, obviously to talk about Gundam, to do presentations, to show their, their new stuff. Really what they're trying to do is get their limited edition stock out and available to the rest of the world. So this is where you're going to go 
Um, if you want to get that Gundam base limited stuff, you don't want to have to pre-order it on P Bandai and wait forever to get it. Yeah, you don't want to have to, you know, use Bai or whatever exactly. to import from Japan. Like if you if you didn't go to Anime NYC this year, um, you have to pre-order and wait to get your Gundam Ariel and your Lafrith and your your. Um... Actually, I don't think it's a pre-order, but you do have to wait because they're not available yet. And they're selling out like crazy. Oh my god! When we were there, we were there probably like twenty minutes after the opening uh, of the con, and they were flying off the shelves. The Ariel were... was the first thing to sell out. Yeah, they had staff members just going back and forth, restocking the shelves, restocking the shelves, like without stopping because they would just fly right off the shelf as soon as they were. Uh, uh, available um and uh you know it's uh it, I, I think it was done really well yeah. they compared to last year last year they didn't really do anything they just had like they had a, a like a little display with some gunpla set up and you know things like that but they didn't really have any uh any kind of big exhibits this year they had gigantic statues of the wing gundam mm. uh and gundam aerial um they had um you know different booths for uh, not just the the Gundam base and P Bandai stuff, but then they also had like your um, your kind of non Gunpla Gundam swag, so yeah. statues, um, jackets, yeah, jackets, hoodies, all all that kind of cool stuff. Um, and then they also hosted a Guinness Guinness Book of World Records attempt yeah. um, for the most amount of uh, people simultaneously building robot models. Um, which they did succeed. Um, yes. So we are Guinness World Record holders. So <laughs> I'm going to need you to now address me as Guinness <coughs> Book of World's Records. <laughs> Guinness Book of World Records, World Record Holder, Best Boy Dan. That's a mouthful. I and had a to half. write it down. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was really cool. It was hosted by Adam Savage from Mythbusters. Yeah. Um, we got to build a, a, an EG uh, Granddaddy Gundam, which, uh, having brought it home... <laughs> now and, my third. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Having brought it home and compared it to the one that I have at home, it is different. Yes, it is. Um, the gun is kind of shittier. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is, uh, the color is slightly different. Um, now I will have three very slightly different, but also kind of the same same kits. you also should pick up the murica one i should i'm gonna line them up too i'm gonna have the regular one and then the 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 production one which is the one we got the uh, the promotional one which is the one that we got here and then the eggshell one on the end i would have liked to have seen some of the other eg kits um with like some of their color variants there. Um, one of my disappointments, like everything was great. They had a bunch of really cool stuff. We'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that in a sec. But one of the things they had promised was they would bring like kind of hard to get like yeah more, you know, rare kits there as well. And they actually had more of that at uh, New York Comic Con because mm. um, there was like a Gundam base uh pop up there yeah and they had stuff like um the mg1 100 cow yeah um <laughs> do they have the mg spoon uh no oh my god <laughs> why didn't they bring the mg spoon i would have bought that in a heartbeat that yeah. would have flown off the shelf yeah um one thing i will say my one of my disappointments with it was that they only really brought okay so they brought a lot of alternate color yeah. things but what they did more so than that 
was they brought a lot of the clear ones, yeah. a lot of the special coding ones, and those aren't really things that I'm into so much. And I was heartbroken because I found one kit. This has been a kit that's been on my list forever. It's one of my Grail kits. It's the the RX seventy eight dash five Gundam, which is like a Gundam with like huge with like huge Gatling guns and yeah. stuff like. It's like a heavy arms type style Granddaddy Gundam. Um, and I when I saw it because I saw it from like across the room and I was like. <gasps> That's my kit. That's yeah. the kit. And I ran up to it, and it was the clear version. Yeah, it, the ball I got, like, uh, ideally I wanted just a regular MG Verkov ball. Yeah. Um, but they only had the clear coat one, which is arguably very cool, too. If that's what you're into, it's uh, not, I don't like the clear coat ones. It's it's not my favorite, but for this one, I am so interested in building that kit that, like, this was a great way to pick it up. And at... Like, market price, too, which is the nicest yeah. thing about that, is, like, this is one of the first times I have bought Gundam that is not upcharged in some way. Yeah, and you don't have to worry about paying for shipping or anything yeah. like that. Um, but, yeah, very, very, very cool time we had. They had some cool stuff there, too. Like, if I had unlimited amounts of money, like, they had my dream kit, which is the um, Perfect Grade Unleashed. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, granddaddy oh my yeah. god it was like because i ran over and i saw the perfect great granddaddy and i was like oh is this it and i like got really excited because it was something reasonable for a perfect grade. Yeah, it, it was, was like, like 100 and something yeah and i think it was like the original perfect grade yeah. which is like at this point probably not as good of a kit to build but yeah I, well i remember i was the one who broke your heart because i was like no dan the perfect grade unleashed is over there yeah. and it was like 280 something yeah it was like almost 300 dollars, and i was like nope nope can't do it no um but yeah we're gundam world expo was phenomenal very well done we got a bunch of really cool tote bags pins um, i finally got my gundam my mobile suit gundam with the kitty gundam yes. tote bag <laughs> um i did some gotcha yeah. I oh, how'd that turn together. out? I didn't put them together yet. I still have to do that. Have you seen what you got? Yeah, I got the um, the Banshee Norn, oh, um, and I got a, a an one. impulse glider accessory. Okay. Um, so yeah, next up we're going to talk about manga, but before that I remembered the last Gundam that I got that I forgot. That is, I got the RX-78-1 full-scale development unit. Which is like the prototype of the Granddaddy Gundam. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. It's got a really interesting color scheme. It comes with like a scaled down beam weapon. That was a good find. Yeah, that was. I was super excited. That one had been on my list for a while. Um, But yeah, so next up we're going to talk about the manga available at Anime NYC. Specifically, the lack thereof. Super disappointing. Yeah, like, don't get me wrong. If you went to the individual publishers' booths, they had stuff, right? They had the stuff that they published, which is normal. Um, But in the other booths, like, Kinokuniya didn't have much. Um, You know, if you looked at, like, kind of the the exhibitors and the artists out, like, you just did not find a ton of manga. Um, Which is something I was kind of looking forward to. I was looking forward to maybe picking up some new... Uh, titles that I hadn't heard of, and I did get a couple, um, but uh, yeah, it not as definitely not as big as it has been. In, in <laughs> there the was past. there was more doujinshi there than there was. Manga. There was more doujinshi. Um, uh, are we going to talk about doujins in this section or next section? What do you think? No, we we can talk about it later. Okay. Um, but what I I will say is like you know Viz was there. They had you know their usual showing. Um, yeah, there was, like, one stall that had, like, a ton of shonen in it, but 
and you know that was where I was able to find uh, Fire Punch. They had pretty decent deals. Um, they did, yeah. But like that was pretty much it. It's kind of surprising. Like uh, New York uh, or uh, Comic Con, yeah. New York Comic Con was also the same way. Of like, I remember there used to be like just tons of rows and rows of comic book like sellers there, and it's just not nearly yeah. that anymore. Well, I remember last year at uh, Kinokuniya specifically. They had, um, you know, they, they did have their stuff that they were obviously showing off specifically for the con. But then they also just had racks of just manga that they brought. Yeah, they brought right? the popular stuff. And this year, all they had was, like, the the big stuff that they were pushing. So they were pushing the uh, omnibus editions of Attack on Titan, right? Yeah. And then they were pushing the box sets of Wotakoi. And then other than that, they didn't really have much. Yeah. Um, and one one that really surprised me that I think there's a huge missed opportunity was Book Off. Book Off yeah. didn't bring any books. Yeah, they only brought figures. They brought figures and like little pins and tchotchkes. No books. I expected them to just bring giant crates of just unsorted manga yeah. that you could just buy from. Like, well, how did they not... like? Who, somebody at Book Off, get in touch with me because you need a consultant for next year and my rates are very reasonable. Yeah. So <laughs> Hot ham sandwich. I don't know what you, what went wrong. I, I have to imagine that there had to have been some sort of complication or something went wrong. Maybe, maybe they, they didn't just get thought the, like figures would sell better nowadays. Maybe, yeah, or maybe they just didn't get the space they thought they were going to get. I don't know. But like, how can you as a company called Book Off Show up at a con without any books. That's weird. Um, but yeah, so I was a little disappointed in the lack of manga choices. Uh, again, there were some uh, kind of out there stuff out in the the left side of the con space, <laughs> yeah. where um, you know where the kind of sort the more eclectic areas of weird collectory shit were. Um, but for the most part, not a lot of manga going around. Um, what else? Uh, just some quick rapid-fire hits for the exhibitors. Um, there was a ginormous Luffy statue. That was oh, really yeah. cool. Um, there were some pretty good... Uh, if you're into Nendroids and, like, um, Nanoblocks, there was a really good section of that over by the Bandai area. Um, who else? There were... Hololive was there. Genshin Impact. Genshin Impact, yeah. <laughs> Hololive was there. They had some live concerts that I did not attend. That's not my... That's not what I go to Hololive for. It's not my thing. Um, but it seemed popping when I walked past it, so heck yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm still regretting not getting that, that Galguda wall scroll, but it was 50 bucks. And if it was like 40 bucks, I might have bought it. <laughs> um, but 50 was just too much. Um... And I'm trying to think. I think that's really it. Yeah. Oh, High Dive was there, too. High Dive was there. They were giving out a month of free um, High Dive service, as well as, like, really cool posters. Uh, I got a free Call of the Night poster from them. That's really neat. Um, and you got a coin. Um, oh, yeah. From, uh, I think, what is it? Is Don Machi. It? Yeah, Don Machi. Um, yeah, so they were great. Crunchyroll was there, too, obviously, because that's their jam. Um, but uh, shocking, Crunchyroll was at the yeah. yeah. <laughs> they didn't really have too much that was interesting. Uh, I think out of all of the, like the publisher booths, the one that I enjoyed the most uh, was probably Yen Press. I think they had yeah. the best selection of manga, um, and they also had really really nice tote bags. Yeah, and I also appreciate that the people Yen Press bring like 
have read a lot of the manga that they're selling they're usually pretty knowledgeable yeah no like i I literally i I chatted with one guy i was like i was like hey like this uh touring after the apocalypse is this kind of like uh you know is this kind of like girls last tour he's like yeah it's kind of like a more cheery girls last tour um there's some some more like sci-fi elements to it as opposed to like the kind of antiquated stuff like like he was actually able to like chat with me about the manga which i appreciate um, which is one of the things I really like about going to these conventions is just to find people um, to, who you can talk to about this. Like, you remember oh, yeah. we, we got in, we had like a 20 minute conversation with the guy from Galaxy Toys yeah. about Gundam. Like, oh, and he, yeah. he, like, he, wasn't he was even, like, what'd you get? <laughs> he wasn't even trying to sell us anything. He was just like, hey, I haven't had a chance to go over to the Gundam thing. What did you get? Can you show me? Um, and we were just like showing off our, our swag that we picked up. We were talking about releases. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I, I generally, a lot of people kind of sleep on the um, exhibitors and go straight for Artist Alley, but I really enjoy uh, going oh, around yeah. the exhibitors' booths. Yeah, especially because, like, these are people who are, like, in... They're in know, the industry. Yeah. You know, they know what's going on. They have they have insight. Um, and I think that's very valuable. Yeah. The, the One of the things that made me buy the Moon Gundam was we went to two shops, mm-hmm. and both people at the shop said, oh, this was like 2018's best hg kit yeah they both said that like word for word and i was like okay i want to build this now (laughs) oh the one other disappointment we had this year um we weren't able to find we we have been looking for um they did a a run of granddaddy gundams in the colors and uniforms of japanese baseball teams yes and we really wanted them everyone we asked said no we didn't get them we didn't think anyone would want them yeah. Yeah. Maybe they'll bring them now that we brought it up. Maybe. Maybe we're the difference. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. If, <coughs> if any of you Gundam stores out there are listening, yeah, uh, sponsor us, please. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I guess next up, uh, time to talk about Artist Alley. Yeah. Uh, I have come to realize something very sad about large conventions in New York City. Yeah. And that's the same artists go to every one of them. Yeah, you're not wrong about that. And there's not a ton of new things. Um in terms of wall art, you'll every once in a while there'll be something uh that like an artist has come out with to add to their collection that might speak to you, but like if you go to these same ones continuously, you're going to see a lot of the same stuff. Yeah. Um I have found a piece in that in stickers <laughs> because those tend to change and yeah. I found some really good ones and they kind of and they're so quick to produce they can stay with what's popular so like they had really great you know power stickers and like everyone knew this was coming and going to be popular but like you know that's much easier to turn around than pins or yeah. t-shirts. Why or... don't you talk a little t- talk a little bit about your Denji sticker that you got? I oh like my god, my uh, I got Denji as like a Home Depot employee. Yeah, and he has like a, a chainsaw and a nail gun and a nail gun. It's <laughs> um, great. That's great. And the shop that you got that from is actually one that I bought the stickers that I gave you and Mike from uh, Sukawaii. Yeah, um, they do really good work. I was happy to see them there. But I think you're right. You know the. Um, um, the Artist Alley this year, because like I don't, you went to Comic Con, I didn't, but I did go to Flame Con with you guys, and you're right, there were a lot of the same sellers from Flame Con were at Anime NYC with basically the same inventory. Um, I and, would I would say Flame Con has of the three the most distinct, 
because there's a lot more like local participants in that right. one. Well, that's the other thing I feel like they lost this year at Anime NYC because mm-hmm. last year, it, 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 they not only did they reduce the number of attendees, but they also reduced the number of exhibitor and artist alley spaces that they had. The 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 the, the aisles in Artist Alley were super wide, which, which I appreciated. Great. I loved it because we didn't have to do the con shuffle. Um, but I feel like the artists that got left out were those kind of local niche artists who have that kind of stuff that you don't see everywhere um and i was kind of disappointed to see that go um you know a lot of the kind of fun niche weird eclectic stuff that you would see in artist alley uh, last year you weren't really seeing this year. I yeah. mean, granted, we did see a ton of like really sexy Luigi, Waluigi's and Mario's, <laughs> um, but uh, and also there was a shop that felt like it was designed just for me, full of stickers <laughs> and posters of muscle women and like thighs and stuff like that, which was I appreciated. But like overall, I think I was really you know kind of. Are you uh, going to get that license plate that said, what is it, thigh highs are my demise? Yeah, <laughs> as soon as I get a car. Um, but yeah, uh, overall, you know, I, I, we're talking kind of negatively about it. Still, Artist Alley was great. We had a blast. We found a lot of really cool yeah. stuff. Um, I managed to find the same guy who made the Gundam poster that I bought last year. Um, and he had uh, Zaku stickers this year around. He actually also had a Zaku poster, but I said, I, I can't. I have to I have to limit myself. We so were I tapped got, out at that point. Yeah, I got the stickers instead, and they are really cute. They're on my desk now. Um, overall, you know, like we said, compared to last year, and also with the, the keeping in mind of how similar it is to every other con that's around here, a bit bit disappointing. Um, it's one of those things. I would say that if if you have never been you should absolutely go because yeah. it's an experience like none other. If you went once and it's been a few years, great. If you go every year and you're like, and you've been maybe waiting to come back to it and you're like, Oh, it's you know going to be totally different. It's more or less the same year to year. Yeah. Um, so if, if you're into it, which we are, you know, you'll still get enjoyment out of it. Um, but it's also worth considering like what you're putting your money to and how much you're putting it to. For me, I would say like if I were to pay for it, I don't know if I would buy all three days if, if I didn't get the three day pass. Right. Yeah. Uh, which is, I think, you know, what a lot of people were stuck doing this year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely with you on that one. If I, if I was unable to get a three day pass for this, uh, I would probably have just gotten a Saturday pass. Yeah. You know? Um, but we'll talk more about that in the wrap-up. Yeah. Uh, as far as Artist Alley is concerned, again, like we mentioned before, the wider aisles were definitely a good thing comfort-wise. Um, we were able to kind of take more time looking at the various stalls uh, without feeling like we were just, like, blocking everybody's way through the aisles. Um and, uh, you know, for, for, for however much we were talking about, like, how disappointing, we, how disappointing we were to just not see a bunch of newer stuff, um, the stuff that was there was good. Yeah. Um, you know, oh, obviously, for sure. you know, this is like, you can't buy this kind of stuff just anywhere. You yeah. Know? Um, so there were a lot of 
things there that you just can't get anywhere else. And that's great. Like, you know, pins, stickers, uh, wall art, wall art to a lesser extent this year. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I did get a really nice poster in Artist Alley that yeah. I really enjoy. Um, and I, I tend to get a poster in Artist Alley every year. Um, but I, yeah, I guess that's kind of all I have to say about Artist Alley. You yeah. got anything else to add before we move on? Nah, I'm ready to talk about food because it was good this year food and, was, and obtainable. Yeah, food was good this year. I was disappointed that Carl's Balls didn't come back. I was... <laughs> I, the, I'm what, not. <laughs> I am because okay. So when when Mike and I went to Japan Fest in um, August, I we I specifically because like there was a line for Carl's balls, and I was like, I, Mike was like, do you want to do you want to go? And I was like, you know, I was like, you know, they're going to be at Anime NYC anyway. I'll wait. I'll wait for for them to come back. <laughs> and they weren't. That was um, your mistake. And I don't know. I don't know the whole story why, but uh, from what I've seen. It had to do with logistical issues, and what that tells me is that Anime NYC said there's not going to be, there are no vendors on the outside this year. Everybody has to be inside, yeah. and Carl's Balls is based out of a truck. Yeah. Can't run a truck in the convention center. So, I don't know what the particular issue was, but I imagine it had something to do with that. Um, however, moving on to the food that was there, yeah. uh, phenomenal, phenomenal food. Coco, uh, the Go-Go Curry was back again this year. Mm. Um, the bubble tea place was good. Yeah. We had dumplings. We had Dumpling bento. Place was good. The the bento was surprisingly <laughs> good. I think the uh, okonomiyaki. Uh, oh yeah, okonomiyaki was, was there. Was some of the best I've had because typically I'm not a big fan of that unless mm. my tastes have changed recently. Uh, but like we had a taste of one and that barbecue sauce like just hit me and I was like I need this. Yeah, okonomiyaki was there. Um, there were so many different types of dumplings. You could get uh, Japanese-style dumplings. You could get gyoza. You could get Chinese dumplings. You could get mandu from Korea. Um, there was karage. There was ramen. Um, Dippin' Dots. There was Dippin' Dots, <laughs> the ice cream of the future. Uh, um, Starbucks. <laughs> you had, um, you know, if you wanted to get fresh juice, there was juice there. Um, every the food this year was way better and than chocolate. last year, and chocolate. <laughs> we, there's like at every convention I've ever been to, there's this like chocolate. Yeah, it's like the sells... Copper Copper River Fudge or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sells like fudge and chocolate. Yeah, <laughs> it always ends great. up getting something. It's delicious. Um, I want some more of those turtles. But yeah, also like we spoke of earlier, probably a function of the fact that there were fewer people there. Um, the lines for the food were were very manageable. Yeah. Um, and I was really happy about that because last year I waited online for like an hour and a half. Yeah. Just to get some takoyaki, um, and it was not good. Well, the takoyaki was good. The wait <laughs> the was not experience. good. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I think the the food this year was really well done. I hope that next year they just can get Carl's balls back because I really yeah. want I really like them. Um fair desire. Yeah, what was your favorite food that you had this year? Okonomiyaki. Okonomiyaki? Yeah. Okay, interesting. For sure. My favorite was the lamb bao from the bao place. That was surprisingly I good. did not expect it to be as good as it was. If I knew it was gonna be that good, that I probably would have gotten that like star food. anus flavor. Yeah. You love a good star anus, don't I, you? Oh my god. Just right in my mouth. It's your favorite kind of thing. me with that star <laughs> anus flavor. You're so lucky I don't have my soundboard set up. <laughs> hey, right yo. Hey, yo. Um, but yeah, that does it for food. Um, next up. Panels. Panels. 
Um, I only I, went to one. You only went to one. I went to two. I thought about... I, I really wanted to go to the Turtle Me panel because I do like the beginning after the end. Um, but the issue was it was an hour after the con started. Yeah. So, like, by the time we got into the space... And, you know, we ran to the Gundam line. Like, yeah. we were in the Gundam store by, like, the time uh, that was, we would have lined up for that. So that just wasn't happening. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. Um, but I went to, on the first day, um, I went to the Trigun Stampede panel. And that panel, let me tell you what, they uh, really knocked it out of the fucking park. Because um, they didn't mention this anywhere. This was a surprise. But they aired the first episode of Trigun Stampede that night, um, and it was phenomenal. It was I so can't good. Wait, I'm so jelly. Yeah, we had producers from Studio Orange and Toho there. Um, they gave a talk, kind of talking about the production process for bringing what is basically like a beloved, like cult classic uh, property back um in giving it new life and one of the things they really wanted to stress on that i think is very important is that the way that they are approaching this show now is different from the show that we you know that we watched in the early 2000s is that they are now working from a place where they know how the story ends um because when it was originally airing it hadn't ended yet yeah so that's important. Um, Studio Orange, famous for their facial features. Um, they showed us how they had basically hundreds of facial expression references for the various characters in the That's show. Cool. Um, they drafted, they hired a sci-fi writer to write the backstory of the universe. So basically, they, they didn't even tell him it was for Trigun, but he knew, like they were, basically the producer said, hey, I want you to write me like a backstory for... Uh, like a story concept for a universe with gunslingers in a sci-fi setting, right? <laughs> and the basically the artist was like, "Oh, so you're working on Trigun?" Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> um, but yeah, so they they had like a no, <laughs> they had like a 500 page story concept written up uh, for this. So they're really giving this the kind of care and attention it deserves. That's what you want to see. You want to see them do the Chainsaw Man map of treatment, exactly. And you know, the I, I'm not going to spoil too much about the show. Um, I'll just talk about a couple of the ways in which it's different from what you're used to. Um, first of all, um, Meryl, uh, the main character from... the One of the main female characters from Dragon, she's not uh, an insurance agent in this one. She's actually a reporter. And her partner is like a grizzled old veteran-like reporter. And his name is Roberto De Niro. <laughs> Almost as good as Barnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Um, so far, no Millie. Um, they haven't mentioned anything, but the... I the, love Millie. But the producers did say, like, they, they kind of were a little cryptic with it. They were like, if you are, you know, if you're a fan of the old Trigun, you know, don't worry, we have more surprises in store for you. So I hope that means that Millie will come in later. Maybe Roberto they said, De Niro's gonna, gonna die. Yeah, they said if you're, they said, like, if you used to watch Trigun and you're thinking about skipping this one, they said give it up until at least the third episode. Okay. That's so fair. We that, always do that anyway. Yeah, we do that anyway. <laughs> um, I don't think we're going to have to worry about this one because the first episode just absolutely was so, that's so, winter, so good. That's winter, right? Yeah, that's yes, winter. Yes, I can't wait. Winter's um, going to be stacked this year, too. Yeah, January 2023 on Crunchyroll. Um, so, yeah, don't miss out on this one. Uh, the You know, I, I'm, I'm really not... Uh, I'm trying to do a good job of being, like, unbiased. Like, I'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass just because I this is the thing that I went and saw. Like, 
I want you to know that I went and I saw it and I, you know, uh, the reason I'm recommending it so highly is that it was so good, yeah. you know? Um, so yeah, definitely don't, uh, don't skip that one. Um, the other panel that we went to was, uh, for Crunchyroll showing some of their, um, upcoming winter anime premieres. Yeah. Um, and basically what we got to see were, uh, the first episode of Nagatoro season two. Second attack. The second attack, uh, which was very funny. Um, it, it, it was definitely, it felt better to me than the first episode of the first season. <laughs> That's for sure. Yes. Um, and then we also saw the first two episodes oh. of Tomo-chan as a girl. So good. Which is going to be, I'm calling it already, it's going to be a smash hit. Oh, I can't wait. Um, Tomo-chan is going to be kind of like on the top, the, the waifu list for, for 2023. For um, sure. Definitely on the best girl list. Um, and, you know... Uh, as somebody who read the manga, you read the manga as well, right? I started it. You started, okay. Yeah. So I read the full manga, and having done so, and then seeing what they're doing with these first two episodes, at least, uh, I can say that it is a very good adaptation of the manga, which is kind of tough to do in this case because uh, Tomochan as a girl is a style of manga called a a, a, a a four coma, which means like four panel manga, and basically what it is is that each kind of quote-unquote chapter is told in four panels, right? So it's short, and it's very it's very quick, concise bits of comedy and story and development, right? So doing that, having that translate onto a screen where you have anime with 20-minute episodes um, could be difficult, but I think they kind of pulled it off in a really, yeah. really good way. It feels good. Yeah, it feels good. It's in a good spot. Um, again, keep an eye out for those. January 2023. Um, before we move on, I just want to talk a little bit about the panel process. Because uh, we talked about the reservations process, but let's talk about like, okay, so you got your reservation. How does it work from there? Um, and I will say that um, fairly well done yeah. uh, organization-wise. Basically what happens is... You have your QR code for the show, right? Um, you show up. It, it says you have to show up, um, you know, at least 30. The, the the earliest is 30 minutes before the panel, but you have to be there at least 15 minutes before it starts. Um, and basically what they do is they line you up in a waiting room, right, in the order that you show up. And then once it's time to start the panel, they move you from the waiting room into the panel room, again, in the order that you showed up. From front to back. So basically, there, you can show up early if you want, and what that means is you'll just have a nicer seat. But if you got the <clears throat> if you got the QR code, as long as you're there when they say to be there, you're guaranteed entry, um, which I do think is good. Um, it decentivizes people showing up three hours before the panel starts yeah. and just standing there. Um, and uh, my only complaint was that <laughs> for the first night at the Trigon panel. The panel room was an oven. It oh, was yeah. so hot. I was sweating bullets. Um, but I enjoyed the panels a very great deal. And I thought I would have enjoyed the other ones just as much if we yes. had had a chance to go to them. Yep, yep, yep. Um, yeah, and that kind of brings us to our wrap-up there. Yeah. Um, so in wrapping up, I wanted to talk a little bit about the future of Anime NYC. Um 
and we're going to talk about some of the things that we think. But first, I wanted to talk about uh, some of the things that Anime NYC's organizers themselves think about the future. Yeah. Um, that's because uh, Anime News Network kind of got a little exclusive with the organizers um, who revealed to them that next year's event will take place November 17th through the 19th. So same time frame. Um, the event will continue to have the same space that it has used in the past few years at the Javits Center. However, the staff is trying to expand the convention into the full Javits Center, as opposed to just part of it in the future. Um, as an alternative, they are looking into adding nearby venues in Hudson Yards and Times Square neighborhoods. Uh, more information to be revealed I in early 2023. Hate that. <laughs> I also hate that. I do not like the whole idea of multiple sites because especially that, in the winter when you are checking your jackets. Not only that, but also like, you know, if you're like us. We're, we're not just going to Anime NYC just for fun. Like, we are also, in a somewhat professional capacity, uh, going there to cover the events of the show for our podcast, right? Yeah. And we cannot fully do that if we have to be going back and forth between a million venues just to see everything there is to see. N now, nobody wants to do that in November. Nobody wants to do that. Um, now, that being said, I am glad that they are looking into using the full Javits Center. This is something I said last year after the end of the con, too. They need to open it up to the full center. There's no reason why they should yeah. be packing everything into that one floor when they can easily do an entire floor of exhibition space yeah. and an entire floor of Artist Alley. They or even do if the they... Artist Alley in the basement. They also, yeah. I don't think they used all of the like presentation rooms. No, they didn't. Um, so I think that's something that they... It, the, you know, I was disappointed to see that it didn't happen this year. I'm disappointed to see that it's not going to be the case next year. Um, but I hope for the year after that they manage to get it done um, because they need it. They need the full center. Like, they, they have evolved beyond the point where they can get by on just that one space. Yeah. And I understand that logistically it's very difficult. Especially panels. You need bigger <laughs> venues for the panels. You need bigger venues, and that's part of how you will avoid... All of the craziness with people missing out on panels that they were looking forward to and so on and so forth. Um, but, like, you know, it, it should have been apparent to them last year. And I, I suppose it was. I'm not really, like, I don't want to shit talk them because they do put on an excellent event. But, um, you know, and logistically, it's not like it's just that they can snap their fingers and go, okay, we have the full Javits Center now. There are, you know, costs involved. Sure. There's logistically difficult um, but it's something that they need to be working on. Um, and I'm glad to hear that it's at least on their radar, yeah. you know? And, and I think a lot of the things that we say honestly come from a place of love. I think yeah. I said this last year too. This is our that, holiday. Like, yeah. You know? Like we, you know, best boy Justin talks about like, you know, we saved up like for this, like this is, this is like a thing on our calendar that we plan ahead for like. All our friends get together for. We have like yeah. a big brunch beforehand. I have together. family that comes from New Jersey to go with us. Yeah, like shout it's, out to Best Boy it, Mark. It, it's like a thing for us. We really enjoy this, and and all of the stuff we are saying is just constructive criticism. All in all, it's a great convention, and if you've never been, you absolutely should go to it. And if you have been, you already know. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is something like, it's a mix between a holiday and like a religious pilgrimage. Because so much of the time when we enjoy anime, with the exception of when we get to go see movies, right? Because that's when another time we get to gather in the real world yeah. with other anime fans. We are mostly enjoying anime in a bubble, right? So we have our friends who we enjoy anime with, and we might occasionally... 
you know, get together, watch episodes, talk, chit-chat. But, like, we don't ever gather as a group yeah. to enjoy. In the same way, like, if, if you think about it, like, a, a, a another type of fandom, like sports, right? Yeah, like yeah. everyone's watching the World Cup right now. Yeah, so, like, you have sports. You can get together regularly and see and interact with the people yeah. who you are in the fandom with. Whereas with anime, it, you're really not doing that. Like, maybe... You know, when a movie comes out, when you go to, maybe you take a big trip out to Kinokuniya, and you do a big manga hall, and you talk with people, but, like, this is our event every year to get together specifically about anime. I also can't imagine what having this would have been like for a 13-year-old me. Like, that's not lost on me. Like, the fact that I have a place that I can go, and I can buy these things that, you know, growing up in, like... Arizona in like the 90s were not like readily available. Like, yeah. You're not going to find an anime convention then. <laughs> like that just wasn't a thing. And the fact that you can go there, you can be around like minded people, you can make friends and, and, you know, see things you've never seen before, like a sexy Waluigi. Yeah. Um, is, is a really wonderful thing. Yeah. So I think that's kind of like, uh, where we stand on our criticism of anime NYC for this year is that it comes from a place where we love it and we look Better forward to it every year. year. Like like we were saying, I literally, I saved up an entire paycheck's worth of money just to blow that one weekend, just for <laughs> this. Um, so it's a thing we love and we look forward to and are, I am already looking forward to next year. Um, because that's the kind of life I live. But um, but let us know what, what other cons should we go to. Yeah, I would like to take a trip maybe up to see Anime Boston in April. Um, that might be a fun trip. Yeah. There's, you know, cons in Philadelphia. But, like, overall, I think um, this year, much better than last yeah. year. Um, knocked it out of the park compared to last year. And it's got work to do for next year. For sure. Um, anything, uh, anything you want to wrap up? Uh, uh, on the, in this one, best point in? Are no, you... I I think you know, like I said, it's wonderful that we have this yeah. as a thing. I would have uh, loved I'm to. Really happy I can't it. imagine what it would be like to go to Anime NYC as like a teenager. Like oh, when yeah. I see, like, you know, you see groups of teenagers running around the con, and like I just think like, oh wow, I'm so jealous of those like oh, getting God. being able to to experience this as a teenager. Um, would be in- incredible, and I'm happy for them. You yeah. know, I it would have great. it would have literally blown my mind. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so yeah, so uh, thank you for coming along on our our journey through Anime NYC 2022. Absolutely. Uh, you want to take us out with some socials? Yeah. So you know, let us know. Did you go to Anime NYC? Uh, do you go to what's your local con that is the equivalent of it? I know Crunchyroll runs a bunch of them around the country. Um, Take a look at our Instagram at bestboys underscore pod. We were doing live videos the entire weekend. We got posts up. You can take a look at our Gundam hauls. Um, you can take a look at the food we got. Um, you can send us an email at thebestboyspod at gmail.com. Um, let us know what you think. Uh, and you know what? Why don't you go ahead while you're at it? Um, you know, we don't run any ads on the show currently, but if you want to support us, uh, go to your podcast supplier of choice. Uh, Give us a five-star rating. Let us know what you think about the show. Um, It would really help us out if you did it on iTunes because that's just the way the algorithm works. I don't know why, and I don't pretend to. Um, 
But uh, yeah, with that being said, I think that's about it for our Anime NYC 2022 episode. Uh, it's been a real pleasure. I will say again at the end, thank you very much to Crunchyroll for extending uh, extending the press passes to us. Thank uh, you. We appreciate it, and we look forward to it again next year. Wink, wink. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks for tuning in, everybody. We love about 40% of you very much. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.